0: hey welcome to the mom podcast i'm joel here with my dad and i'm rick hey dad so we're we're uh, gonna keep talking today about the book that's coming out connecting the dots we've been doing that for the last uh, few episodes actually been getting really good feedback from people good. um on on the uh the topics so we're covering basically every chapter of this new book i've written called connecting the dots what god is doing when life doesn't make sense the basic premise of the book is god is always at work in your life Most of the time we don't see it or understand it. Life is lived forward, but it can only be understood looking backwards. So as you look back, you actually can see God was really indeed working all things together for the good of those who love him. Uh, There are some things I don't think we're really going to understand completely until we see him on the other side of the space-time continuum here. But there's this circular pattern to God's work. Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. He leads me in paths of righteousness and that Hebrew word path, my goal Uh, it means paths made of circles, which is kind of this bizarre thing. But I think what it means is that there's this circular nature to God's work where you keep coming back to certain themes, certain ideas, even certain timeframes and places over and over again throughout your life, and when I say that, I always notice people's heads start noddling. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's well, what happened to me. Most people have noticed that yeah, <laughs> yeah. in their life. So I think that's part of his work. And in each season of life, I think there's about nine stages. So we've talked about those up to this point. If you're just now tuning in on this one, uh, you might want to go back and listen to the other episodes or even better, buy the whole book, right? <laughs> uh, March 14th, the book is available anywhere books are sold. It's available on audiobook. Just record the audiobook for that. So uh, today, though... Uh, we've talked about last week. We talked about the adventure, right? The challenges that make us stronger. Uh-huh. This week, we're talking. Honestly, I think this is my favorite part of the book. I, I it could be kind of depressing. It could kind of sound kind of depressing, but <laughs> yeah, that's and right. And when you're in the middle of it, it yeah, it's not yeah. that exciting. But uh, so th- this is the, the stage we, we call it the dark cave, right? Yeah. This is the moment where Luke Skywalker faces off with darth vader actually the dark cave in those movies is actually when he goes literally into a dark cave yeah. where yoda he yoda he says to yoda what's in there and yoda says oh don't go in there <laughs> and then he goes in there and he actually sees darth vader he chops off darth's head and then he sees his face in darth vader's helmet right that's the dark cave for luke skywalker for 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 frodo it was actually in mordor when he had to decide am i going to throw away this ring And destroy it? Or am I going to use the ring for my own power? So there's this moment where like all the struggles and challenges kind of come to this culmination or apex and we have to face off with some really hard things. And and one of the biggest challenges I think in the book I talk about is sometimes we have to face off with our take on God. God disappoints us. Yeah, We go, God, what's going on here? You were supposed to save the marriage. You were supposed to, you know, you've been struggling through your marriage and you think it's going to get better. And then you find yourself sitting at a, a table with an attorney signing divorce papers and yeah. you go, what happened yeah, here? I've been
1: praying. I've been claiming it. I've been doing everything. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. So you, you read out. that chapter. You, yeah. you, you thought it was a uh, actually probably well, a solid chapter. So let's hear your take on yeah,
1: it. Yeah. I, I, uh, is such an important point in the story of our lives because this is where we lose so many believers. Mm. You know, so many of them just, like you said, they get disappointed with God because, you know, we, we, uh, have this expectation of God and and, and frankly, as I was thinking about it, I think, you know, some of it's our fault as pastors, mm. because um, we love to tell the stories of the folks that were delivered and of the folks that saw great things happen. You know, the guy who, you know, on the way to work, his car wouldn't start, and and uh, and then the bridge he drives across every morning collapsed right when he would have been on it, and hundreds of people died, but, you know, his car didn't start. You know, <laughs> that's the story we don't tell. We, we don't tell the story of all the Christians that car started that morning and they were in the bridge and it fell and they died and it was kind of like uh in acts 12 there's that story of peter we love that story of peter where the the prison gates opened and he walked Mm. out you know in the middle of the night and he was delivered and but we forget that the start of acts chapter 12 the first the reason peter was arrested is that james was arrested and he was put to the sword Just two little verses. He was Put Put to to the the sword sword means he got killed. killed. He was (laughs) killed. That's right. He was killed. And then Herod saw how that pleased the people. So then he arrests Peter and Peter gets away. We only tell the story of Peter because who wants to hear about getting killed? Right. And so it's kind of our fault in that we don't present the balanced story sometimes because when you go to church, who wants to hear about that sort of stuff?
0: Well, because, and faith ends up being, faith means you're always going to win the victory.
1: Yeah. And ultimately James did. He got there quicker than (laughs) Peter.
0: That's right. He got, he scored, right? Yeah.
1: (laughs) But it doesn't look that way from this side of eternity. Right, right. And so we got to keep that eternal perspective when we're in that cave or really in all of life, it helps.
0: Yeah. and, and, And one of the things I've noticed is when I talk about, especially like when I talk about it for, to pastors at pastors conferences, when I talk about disappointment with God, um, it can be a very uncomfortable thing. Yeah. I see some people start squirming, like, can are we allowed to be disappointed with God? Yeah. And, you, you know, one of the greatest books you ever encouraged me to read was a book called Disappointment, Disappointment with God. <laughs> I'm actually looking at it on my bookshelf because it's on my top shelf, which is the ones that made the most impact. It's an amazing book. Yeah. It's a, basically a book about the story of Job. Like, what do you do with the book of Job? Um, I had a guy yesterday ask me, he's like, how do you know when suffering in your life is necessary and when it's unnecessary? And I was like, <laughs> That's the question we've been asked. You know, Job is probably the oldest book of the Bible, which I think speaks volumes to yeah. the fact that we've been asking that question for centuries, millennia. Like, what is, like, this? What did, did we cause this? Or is this something that God yeah. allowed? Or, like, what is the deal with suffering? And, I, you know, Job you know, doesn't even get an answer.
1: Yeah, I I kind of had a little epiphany recently. I'm still sort of sorting through to see if it's, it's true or not. But it, I, I realize that Job... Is kind of like a microcosm of the story of all of humanity. Mm. The purpose for Job's suffering, one of the purposes, we don't know all of it, you know, but a part of it was to prove to the world, to the enemy, to, to all the accusers that man could worship God, that God was worthy of being worshiped, even if he didn't give us anything, even if we're in the midst of suffering, even if we didn't understand what was going on, mm. that God was still worthy of worship and that man could do that.
0: Which is where the cosmic wager comes in at the start. Which I mean, I yeah, don't even know exactly. what to, I don't even know what to do with that. Like, I wish that wasn't in there. Like, yeah. are you kidding me? God literally like gambled on Job. That's yeah. literally what he did. But that's what he did on
1: all humanity. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Job is like the story of one man. Mm, that's for the point. story of all of humanity. Can will people? Will the Church of Jesus Christ? Will His people worship Him? Even if they're in the midst of struggling, look at all the, why would he allow all those people? Why would he allow the martyrs and all that stuff,
0: you know? Well, yeah. And you see what's going on in India right now with Christians. It's just horrible what's going on in India. And you're like, that's a civilized country, but. It's still happening today.
1: Yeah. And, and we don't understand it, but can we still worship him in the midst of it? Mm -hmm. And. And you know the whole purpose of humanity. You know, um, it's not that he didn't want heaven without us. Okay, it's not that he was bored up there. He says, so I've got to create some people. Wait a second,
0: are you are you subtly quoting a popular worship song? Is that
1: a worship (laughs) song? I just,
0: (laughs) I thought I dreamt that silliness. He didn't want heaven without (laughs) us, so you sent heaven down. Hey, it's it's poetic, right? And give him give him a break. Well, he
1: didn't send heaven down either. He made it possible for us to ascend to heaven. Hey, Father. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But. You sound so, like
0: John MacArthur
1: or something. Now you no, threw me kidding.
0: off. <laughs> now you
1: threw me all all off. Right, Where are you. we going with this? But anyway, he did. He, his purpose was to declare his glory among all of creation. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're all about. And that's what the whole story of humanity is all about. And that's what the story of Job was about. So I realized it, it's funny that it's the oldest book,
0: but it's like a microcosm
1: of the whole history of humanity that was to come. That's a
0: good point. So, And, and really, I mean, what you see with Job is, is like this, it's the, the Dark cave, where yeah. and that's what a dark cave I think does is it reveals what's in our heart. Yeah, um, you know, Carl Jung, he said, What we need most will be found where we least want to look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and oftentimes, it's uh, like, Yeah, I don't, I, it's amazing what lengths most of us will go to to avoid the thing we don't want to face. I mean, we'll go like, we'll go way out of our way, way more work to create and avoid the things we don't want to face. Um, yeah. you know, example. Let's use a simple example. I need to lose weight, right? Man, well there's a pill for that. So so we spend you know yeah. hundreds of dollars a month on this pill that's supposed to help us lose weight where it's like if you just change your food a little bit and that'd be way cheaper than that $180 supplement you're spending every month. It's true, yeah. but not as much fun. No, it's not well and it also takes more work, right? Which is yeah. the problem with the dark cave is it's it's that it's the suffering. You know the, yeah. the two things God uses to transform us over and over again are our great love and great suffering. And most of the time it's great suffering. That's good. Never because that. well I mean that's the picture of the cross. It's the ultimate picture of great love and great suffering. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Good. And that's what he uses to transform us, right? So and I wish suffering. I wish it was just yeah. great love, but for some reason suffering wakes us up. Yeah. Um there's something about when you're in pain that it just makes you uh you know, whoa, like you start reevaluating everything. Um and uh, you know, crazy thing is there's a verse in there that says Even Jesus learned through what he suffered. Yeah. And you go, what the heck does that mean? And I, you know, suffering, I've heard suffering defined as just when you're out of control of a situation, Jesus had to willingly submit himself to humanity, like to this human state. Yeah. And that was, I think that was a lot of the suffering he went through. And then it says also because he suffered when he was tempted, right? He had to be, he had to experience temptation. So, but there's this whole element of like, when you're out of control of a situation what it brings out of you, and I know that for me, as a control freak, uh, there is just when you are out of control, man. You, fr- you feel anxiety, you feel frustration, you feel anger. Sometimes you feel bitterness and resentment at everyone around you, and why is this happening to me? And it doesn't happen to them. And you know, it's yeah, it's but that dark cave. It, it's like it, it's the the heat gets turned up, and it brings things to the surface. And I think. Ideally, in theory, this is where I think people wash out. You were saying this is where we lose a lot of people. It either pushes us more into God or it pushes us away from God. And I think the difference is uh, it's that idea of
1: having to understand. Job didn't understand. Mm. And he wasn't given, as you mentioned, he wasn't given any explanation at the end. You know, God starts to speak. Oh, now he's going to explain everything to me. No, he doesn't. Right. He just puts Job in his place and says, hey, I'm God. You're not. Keep that in mind. And. That's the part that is the thing that I think drives us the most is I don't understand. If I could understand, oh, this is suffering. It's going to draw me closer to Jesus. Okay, right. then I can put up with it. You know, ah, Maybe I'm not going to like it, but if I could see a purpose in it, but I don't see the purpose.
0: That's what Viktor Frankl says. In some ways, suffering ceases yeah. to be suffering the moment it finds a meaning. There's a quote from Chesterton that made me think of that. He said, uh, I put this in the book. He says, indeed... The book of Job avowedly only answers mystery with mystery. Job is only comforted with riddles, but he is comforted. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's when you're willing to do like King David and say, man, my heart is not proud. I do not worry myself with things too great and marvelous for me to understand. I'm at peace, right? That's what I think is the victory in the dark cave, which is the weirdest thing about the victory in the cave. You go in there with your sword to face off with the dragon and victory in the kingdom often looks like surrender and defeat. Yeah. Yeah. It's when you surrender to God's work in your life that there's this deep transformation that happens. And, and the crazy thing is like the circumstances may not change. That's what I talk about in the book. Yeah. Like the cancer may have not gone away, but in the dark cave you've wrestled with and said, God, not my will, but your be, will be done. If you take my life through this, I'm going to trust you. If you heal me and save me, I'm going to trust you. And I am convinced having been through this recently, that is the victory. Yeah. When you totally surrender your will to his will, Say, not my will, but your will be done, which is, I mean, that was the dark cave for Jesus, right? He's like, God, if there's, Father, if there's any Damn, other way right. to do this thing, like, could you do it? But if this is the only way, I'll go to the cross willingly for humanity. Not my will, but your will be done. That was the dark cave and that was the victory. Now, ultimately he was killed. But I think that's the amazing thing about it is there's this pattern, this resurrection pattern that he who will lose his life will gain it for my sake yeah. but when you're trying to hold on to your life. And when you go into the dark cave, I think there's this wrestling with death we have to have now it may not be a literal death
1: yeah in fact for most of us it's the the struggle is more internal yeah because that's where the dragon is it's 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 an internal thing it's our own nature it's our own character that needs to be adjusted that needs to be worked with you know and so it's a work inside you know related to what you were talking about the ultimate victory looks like surrender there was a quote you had in the book where it says the beatitudes indicate blessing is reserved for those who are in a position of loss and surrender. And mm-hmm. I never thought of that before, but that's that's really true. You know, it's, as we lay our lives down, then we find that the life of Christ, the life of Jesus is able to be lived through us. In fact, that's really what the Christian life's about. We, we tend to get this idea that God wants to come in and make our lives better, mm-hmm. but he doesn't want, he's not interested in our life at all. He's interested in living his life through yeah, us, us. And that only happens as our life is crucified with christ
0: which is where i think that verse where paul says i have been crucified with christ i no longer live but christ lives in me the life i live my body i live by faith in the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me i'm of the opinion (laughs) we can't actually really say that until we've been through a dark cave oh sure no Um, i mean you can you can say that and you can say it flippantly and easily and and yeah like yeah i've been crucified but i don't think until you've really wrestled with god and, and and probably emerged like jacob with a Wounded, broken hip. A.W. Yeah. Tozer said, it's doubtful whether God can use a man greatly before he has wounded him deeply. I don't really think, because I, I think what happens for most of us is we've, we've got an idea of who God is, but that's a God we've created in our own image. Yeah. But in the dark cave, we're forced to surrender. At least one element of that. I think throughout our lives, we're constantly learning, man, I had God wrong. Man, yeah. I had God wrong. He's yeah, way bigger than I thought.
1: They're darker and darker and deeper
0: caves. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I don't want to, let's not bring that up, but <laughs> you're right. The the caves do get darker, but you've been prepared for it, right? He's never gonna. I, that's my no, that's no. my whole argument in the whole book is the journey ahead. Everything that's happened to you has prepared you for your greatest work ahead. Now right. it doesn't mean the circles ain't going to keep going around. You're going to face some more dark caves, yeah. But each time, that's the beautiful thing about God, man. He comes to us at the level of our current faith. Now he stretches it, yeah, yeah. But he 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 just knows us. I mean, he knows where we're at. And I've had that with friends, friends, right? Like, I'm like, man, if I told them the whole truth right now, it would crush them. So let's just give them enough truth to move them a little bit forward. Um, yeah. there's a guy I'm working with right now and, and I'm like, man, uh, if he could just see, but it would crush him if he could just see it. All right. So you, and I'm grateful people did that with me too. I mean, I was just such an arrogant 20 year old, right? Really? Yeah. Yeah. But people were so gentle with me and, <laughs> yeah. Ha ha. Yeah. Yeah. But they were so gentle with me. And I think that's the amazing thing about God is like, he knows exactly what you need, which is why oftentimes the adventure you got isn't the one you wanted, but it was the one you needed. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause it, it would be easy to think that we're talking about God being mean to you or something, you know, no. he just loves to be tough on you and, you know, some sort of a harsh dad. especially I guess if you grew up with a dad that was real harsh and mean, right. Or you, right. you got to walk the line, boy, you know, uh, but it's, it's not that it's, it's, as you said earlier, that that's, That's one of the ways that we grow Mm -hmm. is, um, through, through difficulty
0: that, I mean, the the ultimate end, that's what I talk about there is glory. You know, in second Corinthians, I think it's four, Paul says, so we don't lose heart though. Outwardly we're wasting away. Yeah inwardly we're being renewed day by day for this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us in eternal weight of glory, which is beyond all comparison. So he says, here's what we do. We fix our eyes not on what is seen for what's seen is temporary, but we fix our eyes on what is unseen for what is unseen is eternal. And when you really think about it, any of the struggles we're going, that's why Paul says, I consider this current sufferings I'm going through unworthy to be compared to the glory that's about to be revealed here. We're using a lot of Bible verses this morning. Yeah. Um, but. That's, I mean, that's an amazing thing to think about that like everything that's happening physically to you is in some way preparing you for the ultimate and your ultimate destiny is glory ruling and reigning with the father in heaven and everything here. Even if, even if you get to the end of your life and there's like literally no good you've seen come of anything from your life, you can absolutely be confident that God is working all things together for good. And (laughs) there, from all indications, when you see, you know, I've always said, when I get to before God, I'm going to ask him a few questions, Yeah, right? All the indications seem to be when people actually stand before God, they drop to their knees, put their face flat on the ground and go, true and just are your judgments. Yeah. You know, surely as Job says, surely I've spoken of things I did not understand. I really do see now that you are going to, what you've been up to.
1: Yeah. You You think of John, even one of his best buddies, and he hadn't seen Jesus in years. And then he appears in Revelation, Mm. and when he sees him, he falls before him. He doesn't run up and hug you. Oh, Jesus, where you been? Been missing your butt. You know, he falls before him. And that's the Christ we're going to see.
0: The glorified Christ, right? Exactly. Which is the crazy thing, because I'm convinced that's the glory he passes on to us. You know, the the ultimate glory is reserved for him. But he's like, I'll share some of this with you.
1: Well, you see in Revelation, I think it's interesting that these guys keep falling down. They keep casting their crowns to the Lord. They fall before him and cast their crowns. And it says they do that over and over. I said, well, you can only throw a crown once. And I kind of see it like this. It's like we cast, you oh, Lord, you're worthy. And he goes, no, 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 no. I want you to wear this crown, mm. you know? Because, And then we, no, 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 Lord, you're worthy. I mean, how else do they get it back again and keep doing it over that's and over right. again? Yeah. I think the Lord's giving it back to him. saying, I want you to share in my glory. Oh no, Lord, you deserve it all. And that's his plan. That's why we go through this here, preparation, that old training for reigning, yeah, because that's, that's the eternal for- purpose. Yeah,
0: that's, so that connecting the dots, that's, that's kind of the, I think in this in that book, this chapter, I think is the apex of the book kind of it's like, and, and in most stories, that's the apex. Like the, the the hero faces off with a decisive battle and then they start a return home, which we'll talk about over the next yeah. few weeks. But it's in that cave that everything changes. Everything, all the challenges have been leading up to that point. And, and the crazy part is about it, sometimes God feels silent in those stages. And I yeah. talked specifically in there about how, whenever a teacher gives you a test, um, they sit quietly in the corner, and you know, teacher, teacher, no, 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 yeah, teacher, teacher, I need help. Nope, no, nope, no, nope. and and it seems like they're being cold, but they want to show you, really, yeah. they want to see that you've internalized what you've been learning. And the dark cave is like that test. It's like that moment where God said, and He seems oftentimes very quiet. And you're like, God, why are you just up there in heaven? Just you know, that old yeah. Rich Mullins, you live in heaven. You hear the prayers of those of us who live in skin, but you're just kind of like, why are you up there playing hard to get? Is a Rich Mullins song. And it's like. He's not playing hard to get. I think it's that it's it's really showing a level of trust. I'm confident you've internalized what I've been building in you. And on this next level, you're going to need a strength to do something great. And that's where I think the dark cave is that ultimate test. And so if, if you're in that season right now where God's really quiet, um, I'm just convinced if you're not intentionally out there sinning, it's actually God's confidence that you're right where you need to be. So pass the test and he's not going to be giving you turn by turn directions. He's not going to feed you the answers. The answers is he's already built into you through everything that's happened in life. So it's available Connect Connecting the Dots, uh, anywhere books are sold in an audiobook. Hope you guys will pick up a copy and uh, have a great one. Thanks for listening. Please consider sharing this with your friends on the platform of your choice. For more from Joel Malm, visit JoelMalm.com. For more from Rick Malm, visit rickmalm.com. Our podcast music was produced by Alex Burleson.